deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host, Ken Corkins, and with me as always is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is episode two, and as always, we pray that we are sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue our walkthrough of the New Testament book of First Peter. How's it going, Rocky? Doing okay? Doing good. Had a good week. Good deal. Um, so last week's episode, we covered chapter one, verses one and two. What are we going to cover this week? We're going to continue on uh, in sequence. So still in chapter one, uh, today will be verses three through 12. Okay. Um, and what translation are you reading from today? Uh, again, I'm working from the New Living Translation. Um, I think it's a pretty accurate one for the text that we're working through tonight, uh, and I like its phraseology. Good deal. Well, then go ahead and we'll start off by reading. The words of the Apostle Peter. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by His great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And through your faith, God is protecting you by His power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him, even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was, ta was talking about when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering and his great glory afterward. They were told that their messages were not for themselves, but for you. And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It is all so wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Amen. Amen. So my first thought is, wow, that is a very dense, uh, what's the word for that? Uh, pericope? Pericope. Pericope. Yes, <laughs> a text of scripture on a common topic. Uh, and in fact, this one's really dense because in the Greek, that is a single sentence. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you want to talk about run-on writing. Um, there's no punctuation in that one. It was, it, in technically, it was supposed to be read in a single breath. Now that's that's just not going to happen. Right. <laughs> you might want to. You might wonder why would Peter do that? Um, that was a very common technique in higher level Greek 
at the beginning of an argument. Now, this is a letter that he's writing, but it's in an it's presented as an argument. And a common technique at the beginning of an argument was to put all uh, a summary of all of your main points in one sentence. And so that's what we've got right there. Uh, a summary of everything Peter thinks is important. And then later on in the letter, he's going to break all of those pieces down for us. So expand on them as he goes. But yeah, yeah lay it all out at the beginning. I kind of thought it almost felt like a, a mini sermon or sermonette even. All his thoughts, all that at once, just kind of, here it is, and let's pick it apart. You've got everything right there. You've right. got recognition of God the Father, recognition of Jesus Christ, recognition of the Holy Spirit, recognition of the resurrection, recognition of the return of Christ, and your salvation. All of those were in that one sentence. Right. Well, Peter brought up born again. Uh, and to me, that reminds me of Jesus speaking to Nicodemus back in the book of John. We kind of call him back to John again with Peter. Uh, but he says, we must be born again before we can see the kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, Nicodemus is a Pharisee, mm -hmm. and he sneaks into Jesus's camp one night after dark, so nobody else will know he's out hanging with this rebel rabbi. And Jesus hits him with this really weird of, you want to go to heaven? You want to go to the kingdom? You want to be part of the kingdom of God? You got to be born again. And, and of course, Nicodemus is like, what? <laughs> How do you do that? You're not all here, Bubba. This isn't working. Uh, and, and Jesus goes on to explain that he's talking about spirit. This is a spiritual rebirth. But the whole point is, without this spiritual rebirth, you will not be acceptable into the kingdom of heaven. And Peter, in, in verse 3, right off the bat, he references that. He, he ties born again to the resurrection, so, which is Jesus's... Uh, proof to us that there will be life after death, and so we will be acceptable into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, but Peter does it in a little bit different way. He uses a different word than Jesus used for born again. The word Peter uses is onageneo, and it only appears twice in the entire New Testament. It appears here uh, in verse 3, and then next week we're going to come across it again in verse 23. Uh, and Peter's, the idea is clearly born again, but Peter's going to put a new twist on it. He's going to change it. How's that? How's he going to change it? Peter is going to say that born again isn't just something that happens when you rise from the dead, get a brand new perfect body, rise up into the air, meet Jesus, and are taken away to heaven. Peter says, no, 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 no. Born again has already started the minute you chose Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Born again has actually got an earthly component to it. And so he's going to start launching throughout his letter into, um, you need to be something different now. Not just when you, when you get to heaven and you're made perfect. You need to be different now. Right, and that's kind of, well, we kind of talked about that last week um, when we were talking about being a believer uh, you had to believe in the resurrection, and now he doesn't give up on this concept. But it's no longer the primary focus of this letter. He's more talking about um, what we call sanctification, right? Being like Jesus more and more each and every day. Every day you get up and say, I'm going to be more like Jesus than I was yesterday. And the day after that, I'm going to try even harder to be more like Jesus than I was before. So that's this whole sanctification path. Absolutely. Um, it, it completely ties into that. Um, Peter's going to give us 
a new twist on that as well. He's, we're going to come up with another church word, regeneration. Regeneration. Yeah. When you got saved, when you were justified, the moment you gave your heart to Christ, something changed in you. The Holy, this is not you. You didn't do this. You don't get any credit for this. The Holy Spirit starts changing you, making you different. You are uh, regenerated as in born again, but this time it's something different. Before you were an old, sinful human being, now you're something completely different. And we would be a little bit lost on this, but fortunately, the Apostle Paul picks up this same topic. He runs with it in 2 Corinthians, uh, and he uses the word regeneration a little bit more. And Paul says, I am a brand new creature. I'm, right. I'm something that has never been before. You know, I, I'm, I'm not a human being anymore. That's what I was when I was born of my mother. Now that I am born again of the Spirit, born new, born afresh, I am a completely different creature, and the Holy Spirit's going to have to show me how to be this new thing. And so it's going to take me the rest of my life to get it worked out. And, and the other term we use for that then is sanctification, getting up every day, being more like Jesus. So regeneration, sanctification, born again are three different sides to one concept. And, and Peter's given us two of them. Paul will give us the third one. Interesting. Never, I hadn't put those together before. Um, so now, if I'm born again, what do I still suffer? Like I'm a sinful human. Because Paul's, Paul said, well, both Peter and Paul say, a brand new baby born straight out of its mother's womb doesn't walk, it doesn't talk, it doesn't speak multiple languages, it, you know, it, it doesn't do engineering mathematics. It's totally helpless. I mean, totally it can't even, helpless. Can't do anything. And unless itself. its mother completely cares for it and its father completely cares for it and the rest of its siblings and even the people in the neighborhood and then teachers and coaches and, and, and this baby that's born goes through an entire life of getting better and better. But at, at every phase in this baby's life, it needs help from other people to reach its full potential. And Peter and Paul, when they talk about regeneration, sanctification, born again, say, now that you're a brand new creature, you're starting over as an infant. And it's going to take you the rest of your life to get good at being this new creation. And hardship is part of what matures you and brings you along. Um, you know, babies don't learn to walk until they've fallen many, many times. Uh, it, right. and, and we hate to see that happen to our tiny children, but eventually we let them do it. We let them fall because that's what it takes to get their balance so they will walk unhindered. And Peter says, that's going to have to happen to you. You guys all have faith. If you want to have the best faith possible, we've really got to let you fall down and struggle and even suffer to become the best new creation you can be and to have the strongest faith that you can possibly have. I hadn't really put that all together, but yeah, it's kind of true. Uh, same idea, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a grown up now. <laughs> but uh, I still know everything, right? I'm still learning every day and, you know, not just in my Christian walk, but even in, you know, daily life. Um, and so, yeah, I can see that starting over, although it's 
maybe a little more discouraging as a an older person, an older adult. <laughs> Why did I have to start all over? Wait a minute. No, I put in my time, you know, learn all this stuff. But learning to be a Christian is, uh, like you said, it can be a struggle. It can be challenging. It can be disappointing. It can be painful. Um, but we all have to, and we just like growing up, we have to lean on others, other Christians, pastors, you know, other people in our church that we're close to that can help us along our faith journey. Yeah. And that makes all the difference. Hopefully we, you know, make good friendships and, and build each other up uh, along our Christian walk. You think about it, you know, people in their late teens, all through their 20s, even throughout much of their 30s, makes foolish mistakes. People do silly things. They get excited about the wrong thing. They rush off in the wrong direction. They, you know, find the wrong partner. Even though you're you're 35 to 40 years old, you still make goofy mistakes in the basics of life. Uh, so both Peter and Paul are, are telling us, don't expect them to be just like Jesus the day after you make your commitment to Christ. It's going to take the rest of your life to be a responsible, mature, new adult in Christ. And in fact, it's never going to be completely right until you get to heaven, until Jesus comes back at the parousia and you are glorified. That's when you will finally be this new creation perfect. Let's stop and talk about the parousia. That's a, is that a Bible or a church word, or is that a scholarly word, a parousia? It's a church word. It's, it's a word that we invented specifically for the return of Jesus um, to gather up his, his believers, his children, those who are inheriting this beautiful inheritance that Peter just talked about in, in, in verse six or seven, and uh, will go to heaven. Um, the, the word, you know, we always talk about the second coming of Christ or we talk about the return of Jesus. The technical church term is parousia, the return of Jesus specifically for the gathering of the faithful. Very cool. Um, in verse four, uh, I was, you know, as I was reading through, I, I picked up on little silly things. Uh, but Peter <laughs> speaks of the inheritance that's stored up in heaven, right? Right. Uh, can't spoil, fade, change. And lots of different translations use lots of different words for the concepts. Uh, but what is this inheritance that he's talking about? That is this eternal. It is both your perfection as the new creation, and it's your reward um, for having been faithful in this life. You go through all these trials and tragedies in this life, uh, and, and you want to know, is there a point to it? Why uh, Suffering, if my God is a good God, why does he let this happen to me? Well, there are two good reasons. It, it perfects your faith, uh, and the second reason is it makes you worthy of this inheritance that you're going to receive, a glorified body a perfected personality, and eternity in the presence of Jesus Christ. That's, that's the most wonderful thing anyone can get when someone else dies, or including yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why he says, rejoice and be truly glad, because you know as much as life down here, day after day sucks. Right? No, no two, words, two ways about it, but uh, you know that there's a reward at the end. You know there's something much, much better at the end of it. So keep struggling, keep working towards that because when it's all said and done here, 
the real fun, if you will, begins uh, after we're gone and we join Jesus and God in heaven. Although Peter recognizes, and, and he goes right on then to address, you may have doubts. You might not be absolutely 100% sure that Jesus is going to come back or that there even is a heaven. And so he talks about, you know, you, you love him even though you've, you've never seen him. Um, you don't see him right now, and that's probably causing you some anxiety. Uh, but you have this, this joy because you're going to trust him for the salvation of your soul. That's a hard thing to do, to believe when the rest of the world is telling you, this is all there is. And, and, and make no doubt, the Christians in Turkey that this letter is written to, they're hearing that day in and day out from all the other pagans around them. There is no life after this life. And, and Peter has said, I want you to endure suffering and, and trials now so that you can get to this eternal life. Well, if there is no eternal life, then it's a double bad deal to put up with all the suffering right. that you get for being a Christian now. And so Peter moves into an encouragement mode uh, about they're, they're wrong. There is another life, and Jesus is the only way to get to that life. So keep loving him even though you've never seen him. But then he says, I know you want – I know you'd like to have some proof. Okay. Yeah, yeah that'd be nice. Yeah. And there's, there's two – really important aspects that Peter references. Remember back at the beginning, he talked about resurrection, right? We all know somebody who lived after death, Jesus. That's our proof. When you and I want to know, is there life after death? It comes down to, do we believe what the apostles told us about Jesus came back on the third day. We saw him. 500 other people saw him. He was here for 40 days before he, he rose up into heaven. Do you believe that or, or not? And for Peter, that's always been the hallmark of faith. Right. Of all the things, when, when Peter says to you, are you a believer? His number one issue is, do you believe the resurrection is real? So he started in, in verse 3 with that. The resurrection is a fact. Right. Mm -hmm. that, that is a fact. It is a mercy of God. But then he moves on, um, starting in verse 10, to say, but you want to know the resurrection, the ascension, and life eternal in heaven have been prophesied throughout the entire Old Testament. It is all in the Bible. Right. And when I read that, my first thought, I always jump to, uh, you know, talking about prophecies, the prophecies of Jesus. Um, my first thought is always Isaiah, and specifically yes. Isaiah fifty-three, yes, which is you know kind of prophesies the way he dies, because um, that was kind of the first time I ever saw or you know read that. Wow, that lines up. I get it now. He's talking about she's the first time I ever saw it. Even more importantly than you know, the virgin birth also prophesied in Isaiah. That one wasn't as wow to me as prophesying the death. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah, but it even goes all the way back, if you will, to Abraham. Yes. All the way back to Abraham. Some will say, I don't have any proof of this, but the three visitors that came to Abraham in the desert were God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. That's one theory. I don't know it. Yeah, depending <clears throat> on what your, your faith tradition is, we talk about a pre-incarnate Christ, a, uh, uh, that the, when the three men came to, to uh, Abraham in the desert, Abraham and Sarah in the desert, that one of those, the one who's speaking to him, was a pre-incarnated Jesus. Um, but even look like in Psalm 
uh, chapter 2 and Psalm chapter 20, throughout there, Jesus and, and, and his suffering and his resurrection are, are littered throughout uh, many of the Messianic Psalms. So, I'm a firm believer, and, and it would take too long to discuss it, but in every single book of the Bible, you will find Jesus. I've I, I've <clears throat> I've heard that I've I've looked for it in a lot of places. It's in weird places like Hosea of all books. <laughs> yeah, <know? laughs> yeah, the big one, right? Um, but yeah, that that to me can be very fascinating. And like you said, time because you can dive into that and be lost for months digging into all the prophecies of Jesus and how many you know prophecy and then it came true. It was realized here, and you know this prophecy from you know a hundred years later. Here it came true with Jesus again. It's, it's fascinating and and uh, something you can really get into if you really want to. Yeah, yeah. Remember back, Peter in this book is going to transfer the promises of God from the nation of Israel to Christians. They are the new chosen people. We'll see that uh, uh, later on in chapter 2. But one of Peter's issues is Israel had a job. They were supposed to tell the world about God and and. To, to do that, they were the chosen people for giving the message. Well, they fell down. They didn't do it. They, they tried to keep God just to themselves. So that prom, that title has now been transferred to you. You are now the elect. You are now the chosen favorite people of God, you Christians. And it's your job to, to tell the world about Christ. But the good part is all the promises that God had made to Israel in the past, Peter says, those are now yours. Those belong to you. Uh, so all of the times that God promised blessings for, for doing what I ask you to do, that I will be your God and you won't be my people, those, those promises transfer to you and me now. So does that mean also that the – and if you don't, this will, this will be what befalls you also transfer? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> the blessings and the curses of right. Deuteronomy are, are on our skin now. So the old double-edged sword, right? <laughs> if you do right, you get this. If you don't, you get that. And if Jesus is everywhere in the Old Testament, then the resurrection has to be in the Old Testament. And you, you brought that up. There are numerous scriptures we can look through that promise the resurrection. So the prophets all wanted to know, who is this guy and how does this work? God said, you don't get that information. Not at this point. You don't all get to know. But eventually when my people come and they put all of it together— they will understand. All of these promises are to them, including the promise I have made for their resurrection to be born again in heaven. And so we want to know, you know, how can we trust God to keep this promise? He kept every promise he made in the Old Testament. All the prophecies came true. Every one. So yeah. if those all now apply to us, if we believe that God is good— and that he keeps his promises, we now have a, a, a leg to stand on to say, and the promise of my personal resurrection is a guarantee because God said so. And here's how, what you have to do to get that. You yeah. have to believe in me. Yes. And you have to spread my word. You have to love God, love people, <laughs> be nice to people. Um, yeah, so it's kind of the same thought. It's kind of a curse and a blessing, right? You get all the blessings, but if you mess it up, like all the bad stuff comes to you as well, right? <laughs> Got to be careful. You don't get all the good side and all the upside. That's it. Anything else? Those are the – that's okay. my deep dive for, for this week. Uh, it's really easy to gloss over born again, um, 
Peter says we're born again. But that's so much deeper than uh, I just I just want to be a better me. Right. <laughs> so much more to that. And it is so intimately tied to the resurrection and to your inhabitation by the indwelling Holy Spirit. And becoming a new person that you have to grow up. You have to start growing from that first day, from that first moment that you accepted Jesus. And, and now it's your job to nurture that self, if you will, yeah. and grow it into a, I'll use the word prosperous, but because I, I can't think of a better one, but a prosperous Christian that spreads the good news. Exactly. Right? Here's Jesus and he loves you. And if you love him, here's what's in store for you. Even if you were born into a Christian family, you were not born a Christian. True. At some point, because of the information you gathered in, you made that choice. Uh, and so Peter is going to, he's going to push on us this idea of you've got an obligation to pass that along, to help create other Christians. You don't make them Christians. The Holy Spirit does that. Right. But you, he speaks in verse 12, you received the good news. The other word for that is gospel. Right. It was preached to you, he says, and that's what helped you find this new life, to make the decision to be born again. And after you finally mature, that's, that's monkeys on your back now to provide that information to the next generation, uh, maybe as a preacher, maybe as a teacher, maybe as just a good friend with your arm around their shoulder. But it's your job to pass on the good news. Even as the audio guy, audiovisual guy even, in church, yeah. Okay. Even that guy. <laughs> All right. Also, um, have you given uh, a, a title to the sermon yet? Yes. Uh, it, the sermon that we're going to uh, preach uh, in our church on this coming Sunday is going to be titled, If, uh, because Peter is aware that, uh, that the Christians in Turkey are dealing with some really difficult ifs. Um, if Jesus really is God, then how did he get crucified? That doesn't seem right. And if Jesus is resurrected, then why isn't he here with us now? It'd be a lot easier to believe in him if he was walking the streets of Jerusalem today. I can feel that one. And if Jesus loves me like I sing in the Sunday school song, why am I suffering and why am I hurting? And so Good Peter yeah. answers all of those if questions. All right. So if you'd like to listen to this sermon that Rocky delivers, uh, it'll be on our website at www.ponderumc.org slash ministries slash sermons. Look for the sermon title, If. It will have been delivered on September 5th, 2021. And with that, I think we'll close this episode from the concrete jungle of Ponder, <laughs> Ponder, Texas. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thank you for listening. You can find us at www.ponderumc.org. There, you can watch the live stream of our casual service, listen to replays of this and past sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible. We'll